1: What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Coaches Roundtable. We are back again today. Um, today's episode is just Chris and I. Uh, with the holidays and everything else going on, Brevin has been a really busy guy and a lot going on. So unfortunately, he's not with us on today's episode. I think he might be out for a couple of weeks, but we are eager to have him back. Um, and But you are stuck with Chris and I. What's up, Chris?
2: <laughs> What's going on? I was going to say, you should have been like, we're back with Chris and Brevin and then we're like, Brevin? Brevin? Oh yeah, we we're he's not here with us today. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know. It was so nice being able to do this last week in person, all three of us, and then now now we're missing a leg of the chair.
2: <laughs> it was me. Now there's it no way we're standing me. up. <laughs> it was because he <laughs> met me. That's what it was.
1: Yep. He's like, Yep, my- no more no more of Chris. I've had enough. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, But we got some really good questions. I'm excited to dive into these. And I I think we're going to cover a lot of really great topics. And we have five here to go through. And I'm hoping we get through all five. Um, This first one, though, I love. And I think it's a great one, really timely for the holidays. And a lot of people are probably working through this. I know a lot of my clients have expressed this, and I'm sure yours have as well. And Emily asked, What's the best advice for not binging during the holidays? i'll let you start with that chris
2: yeah i i always go back to one expectation and two like controlling the factors that you can control you're not you're not bringing you're not probably bringing like all of the food you're not preparing all of the food you're going to be in an environment where there are some christmas cookies and a lot of the foods that you don't typically eat right we know what it's going to take to get you to your goal and obviously knowing emily and I'm being her coach. I kind of know what her goals are and striving for. So like are we setting the expectation that we're going to be losing weight that week? Like we probably won't be, right? So we've we've removed that guilt or that possibility for guilt right then and there. And then I look at, you know, controlling what you can and it's like, all right, well maybe what dish can you bring that you enjoy that it fits maybe into your your macros a little bit easier and things like that. But give staying in control of the situation. I think that is so underrated. Like you have to give yourself permission. And I think that's probably the number one thing for everyone. Don't try to go into Christmas dinner or that holiday and be like, I'm not doing this. I'm not gonna indulge in anything. I'm not gonna have cookies. Go in and set the parameters, set the goal of. Like, you know what? I'm going to go in. I'm going to have two cookies and I'm going to have a piece of grandma's pie tonight and work it into what your maintenance calories is or slightly over. If you slightly go over your maintenance, big deal, but give yourself that control and set yourself up for success instead of going in and saying like, I'm not going to do any of this. That's not realistic.
1: Yeah, I, I love what you touched on. Like, And it goes back to like that. Good versus bad food mentality. Like you're looking at these things. Like you're you're already going into this saying, "I can't eat this. I can't eat that." And then once you do eat this or that, then it's that immediate guilt. Oh, I you know I just ate those cookies. They're not on my diet. I should not have eaten those. Now I'm gonna be over my calories. So just you know, screw it. And that's when the binge usually happens. Is people hit that point when they they feel like there's no turning back, and they just might as well you know, it's again, like back to that dial, right? Like, you know, maybe you have it all the way to a one when it's like super restrictive and you go in and like, you crank it up to like a two and you're like, Oh, nope, can't do this. And you crank it up to 10 right away. And you just give into everything and you just drop all sense of control when it's like, actually it's somewhere in the middle. Like Chris said, even if it means going over your calories, that's okay. And a lot of times This is why I think it's really important. also is, you know, again, setting your environment up up for success, like Chris kind of mentioned in the beginning as well. And then also I think it's important to identify which days throughout the holiday season are actually meaningful to you and you want to be able to enjoy those a little bit more, right? You know, this is the conversation I've been having with a lot of clients recently. And that is the fact that we can't treat Every day from like, you know, November 1st to January 1st as one giant holiday that we eat whatever we want. Like, sure, you can, but you're probably going to be up on the scale, you know, January 1st comes around. And so, if that's the case, then we need to look at it and say, all right, which of these days, you know, maybe it's like, you know, Thanksgiving Day, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, even if you sprinkled in another two, three, maybe even four holiday parties throughout that time, that you just enjoy yourself. Make those those special moments that you can enjoy and not have to stress anything about food and focusing on just eating things that are going to make you feel good, both both your body and your soul. Right. I think it's important. A lot of people feel like I mean, like, I, I hate like when people like on social media and say like, oh, f- food is fuel, like bullshit. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Like it is more than just fuel. It is. It's good for our soul. We eat it, you know, social situations and with family and friends, you know, you're baking cookies with your kids or whatever it may be like, it's, it's more than just fuel. So allow yourself those couple of days throughout that time, throughout the holiday season to enjoy those things. And then the other days, let's create some more structure. Let's prioritize those high quality, you know, whole foods, your proteins, your fiber, fruit, veggies, grains, and your water. Like let's prioritize those things. That way on the other days, they are more special.
2: Yeah. The talk I just had with a client um, before this actually was, I feel like if you've been in our program a while or if you've even struggled with overindulging a little bit and you have started to make adjustments, you know when you're getting to that breaking point. I know for myself, like, all right, I'm getting to the point where I need to unzip my pants, you know, a little bit and like let some breathing room in. And I think like, you, you can typically sense that is approaching, just stop, you know, and whether maybe you're hungry in two, three hours after that, go back and have a little bit more. But like, you all know that feeling of sitting on the couch afterwards and you just feel like absolute crap. And like all these thoughts come in, like you're already starting to dread the scale in the morning. If you're going to weigh in, which please don't do that. honestly, don't weigh in at the mm-hmm. day after something like that. Just give yourself a few days for inflammation to die down and your calories just to get back to normal. Um, you can, but also go in and expect it to be up um, mm-hmm. in a situation like that. So it's, I think, like, you know, knowing when to shut it down, knowing when to stop it is extremely important. And I'm sure if you've been doing this long enough and you've started to make those adjustments, you kind of know already when that breaking point is.
1: Yeah. And, and, And also like, you know, and again, I don't want to go like too deep into this. Obviously, this could open up a whole other conversation on like binge eating alone. But if you're somebody who is struggling with your relationship with food during this time, please, if you're not already put your calories at maintenance, like it it, don't make it harder on yourself trying to fight the deficit and white knuckle your way through it, because this is the cycle that you end up in. You're going to drop your calories. You're going to eat super low. Christmas dinner comes up. Okay, now we binge. We overeat. We go way over our calories. We feel guilty. So then, all right, I need to try harder. I can do this the next day. And then it doesn't work. So then we go another day and try again. And then we binge. And then we feel guilty. And it's just endless cycle and over and over and over and over again. So one great way to get out of that is by bringing your calories closer to maintenance living there during this holiday season, being okay at that. And then you can always then, you know, and obviously work on your relationship with food during this time. And then come January 1st, like if that is a good time for you to drop into a deficit, then you can, again, like this is not just another quick fix thing. Like we're looking at like, how can we continue this and make this something you want to do and you can sustain.
2: Absolutely. Yep. Okay. Cool. What's number two? Uh, We got number two. I know what I need to do. I just don't do it. I just can't figure out how to make myself do whatever it is that needs to be done. How can you help?
1: Yeah, I I love this question. And it's, I, we hear this all the time. And actually I was having this conversation a little bit with one of my clients before this as well, um, along the same lines. And basically I mean, especially during the holidays when there is a lot of other temptations, it is harder to try to manage other things and, you know, continuing to keep that self-discipline for yourself. But during this time, I think it's really important to remind yourself and this is actually what I told my client was don't look at it as, "Hey, you need to be more restrictive" or "Hey, you need to eat this and not that." Look at it as, "How is this food going to make me feel?" And go based off of that. Right? Like Like, you know, I I was talking to her before this and I mentioned something along the lines of like, yeah, like, you know, when you eat a lot of really high processed, high sugary foods, you don't feel good. So rather than me saying, hey, don't eat that. It's bad for you. Let's just take a moment. And in that moment when you know it's going to make you feel bad, remind yourself of that. Remind yourself like, hey, like, is this really worth feeling like crud the next day or two? Because I now ate, you know, this tray of cookies when I really to care less about them. Think about that next action and and how you're going to feel afterwards rather than just that instant gratification. Delay that gratification and let that be how you feel later rather than how you feel in the moment with just the quick bite of cookies and things like that.
2: Yeah. Like discipline is I I just feel like not too many people just naturally have discipline. It's just built over time. You might be thinking like me seeing like, oh, I admire that person's discipline or their willingness. Like it wasn't something they just were born with. It's actually something that's like a skill that they learned. Um, are <laughs> maybe their why. Like, look at what they're doing. Um, number one, too, is like, I, I know what I need to be doing, I just can't do it. Like, are you trying to put too big of an expectation on yourself to do it all at once? Like, what plan are you following? Because in my mind, I think the biggest thing that we do that, and, you know, and I know that I talk to the coaches a lot about is making sure your clients are set up for success. Everything that they do, they should feel like they're winning. And if not, we need to lower the bar.
0: Mm -hmm. And
2: I think that's kind of what I would suggest to you is lower that bar so Mm -hmm. you can feel like you're winning, that you feel like you're doing this. And then slowly, and you might be thinking like, well, that's like you know, 2,000 steps right now. That's fine, as Chase Mm -hmm. was just talking about. This is a lifelong thing here. This isn't something that, you know, I got six months to get there. That mindset might be why you're struggling right now. And so once you establish that this is a lifelong kind of thing, you need to lower that bar to figure out where, where is establishing a win? And then you build off of that.
0: Yep, exactly.
1: And it's, and also, this is another time when I would encourage to, if you are somebody that is saying like, Hey, like, I just, I don't know, like, I like, I know what to do, but I'm not doing it." probably means that we need some sort of external accountability right now. You're struggling with that internal sense of accountability. Like that will come over time, but none of us are just born with like that ability to just like hold ourselves accountable. Like it, it'd be nice if we could. And some people are, are able to usually like learn that over time, but a lot of people really struggle with that. And so like, you know, find that accountability, whether, you know, if, if you are working with a coach, talk to your coach more often, increase communication, figure out more ways to add extra accountability to that. You know, have a accountability buddy during the holidays, maybe that helps you get through this right now, whether it's a friend or family member, you know, somebody that can help hold you accountable during this time and help you get through these challenging times. When, again, when you're having those moments of, I just don't want to like reach out and ask for that help, get that accountability that you need, spark up the conversation. And that just allows yourself to continue to be more aware of when these things are popping up and how to overcome them as well
2: yeah um number three we have i've heard you guys talk a lot about on the podcast. well, I appreciate you listening to the podcast yeah um before about weighing out your food on a food scale is weighing out your food um on a food scale really necessary? It just seems so tedious. what do you think chase yes, it is in the, in the <laughs> beginning in in the
1: beginning and and here's why we are really good at underestimating what our food is actually consists of. And, you know, if especially, you know, you're eyeballing things probably a lot more than you would think. And it's going to be a lot more calories than you'd probably assume. Like, you know, I I, I love like, you know, the first time I, or I guess i say I hated the first time I weighed out like a serving of peanut butter. And like, you see that difference and you're like, wow, like, I was eating probably three servings of peanut butter before, you know, when I thought I was just having like one or, you know, one and a half. And so I think it's really important just to be more mindful of and start gaining that awareness. Like that's all this is about. It's gaining awareness and figuring out what is actually in the future having. What do the portion sizes actually look like? Because if you're always just eyeballing it, it's probably not going to be very accurate until you actually know what that looks like. What does four ounces or six ounces of chicken breast look like? What does two tablespoons of peanut butter look like? What does a tablespoon of olive oil look like? I think it's really important to gain that awareness there first. So then you can start eyeballing it a little more often once you get more comfortable doing so. Uh, Because, like, I I guess, like, uh, ask you, Chris, like, you know, obviously we've talked a lot lot about this with a lot of our clients. Where are we seeing it kind of fall short when, like, hey, we're not seeing progress like we thought we should? And then we go back and look and they're not weighing out things like why why are we what's that correlation there
2: so what we've seen is clients that are half tracking their days and so on and so forth like if we're, they come to us right and they're saying like Hey guys, like I'm not really seeing progress. I've been at the same for like the last three four weeks or four or five weeks um we'll start to look at them obviously we look at the data we look at their food their food quality we look at the calories that they're eating um we look at their steps. We look at all of the data. There's a lot of things that we collect with our clients to take the look at their approach. And I think one of the biggest things is that some clients find that they're not one, they're not tracking everything. Uh, two, there's a lot of half days or there's just mm-hmm. like maybe four out of seven days tracked. Um, they didn't wear their watch these days. Like there's a lot, Like guys, we don't want to sit here and say like, Oh my gosh, like this sounds like so much. Like I you have to look at all these steps and the, all, all these calories every day. But in the end, we we have to have data to make adjustments, the proper adjustments. And what Chase was alluding to is that like it's so easy for you to just take yourself out of a caloric deficit. Mm-hmm. Typically, a caloric deficit, a safe, I'm not gonna say safe, but like a, a deficit that can like be uh, help you be consistent with your calories. We'll put it that way is roughly around like three to 500 calories deficit from what your maintenance is. And if you think about like a tablespoon of two tablespoons of peanut butter being at 180 calories, that creamer in your coffee, uh, 40 calories, depending on what you're using, olive oil that you're using to cook your food, salad dressing. Um, it's 120 calories and two tablespoons of ranch dressing for a salad. I'm putting way more than that in in there. And so like, if you're not measuring these things out, you're not weighing your food out. You guys are, will see that it's very easy for you to eat an additional 500 calories and not really know it. And it's like, in the end of the day, calories is what matters coming into your body. Calories is what matters. So if you're, consuming an extra 500 in miscellaneous areas that is not being tracked. That is most likely what is going on. And I'm not saying Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, like it's all about that. There's going to be some other factors that play into this, but that is the most uh, common thing that I think we see in our program is like missed days, untracked, half tracked. Um, So very important that you guys look at that and build that awareness around it. Like Chase said, in the beginning, it's very important. So you know what two tablespoons of peanut butter actually is and ranch and all of these things. If you haven't waited out yet, just do it. I think that we've, we've seen actually a lot of clients come to us after 30 days in and talk to them. And they've mentioned like, uh, we actually just had one the other day, uh, shout out, um, to Sonia, like down 25 mm-hmm. pounds in her first three months with us. Like, yep. that's crazy. And she said, she's like, what's been like the biggest difference maker. She said, I I'm looking at all of the labels and I'm really starting to build that awareness. That's exactly yep. why you have to do this.
1: Yeah, so. exactly. And, and also I guess like two other little points before moving on to the next question that I want to also add, like, obviously guys like we're not saying that you have to take your food like the food scale out of the house like don't take it to the to the restaurant and, like weigh out your chicken breasts when you're eating out somewhere you don't have to take it to a friend's house social events things like that like you know don't take it to christmas dinner like enjoy those things but this is why we do weigh as much as we can when we're at home we have more control over our environment and we do have the skill access to access to the scale and also like you know they said it seems so tedious Really, like. It's yeah, there's a learning curve with everything. But it's again, like if you're wanting the change, like you you got to be willing to put in a little bit of the commitment and a little bit of the effort in order to see that change you're looking for. And so like, yes, there will be a little a little bit of a learning curve when you first start learning to weigh out your food. But it, after a while, like a week, two weeks, three at most, maybe you're going to be just flying right on by with that. It's not even going to you're not it's not even going to phase you. Set the scale beside the oven. Cook, throw something in, weigh it out. This, that, like it. It be no time. You'll have it done. So, don't overthink it. Don't overcomplicate it, and keep it easy for yourself. And trust me, it will get easier really quick. It's a it's a very quick upward slope of a learning curve with that. Um, yeah. number four. I'm sick and I feel like crap. I hate missing the gym, but. I really don't know if I can make it. And I also don't want to lose progress. And I also don't want to get any, anybody else sick at the gym. If I am sick, should I do something at home instead? No, you get your
2: butt to the gym anyways. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, No, yes, absolutely. Stay home. This is going to happen. I'm sure that you but can't look back over a year of your life and think and say, like, I never got sick this year, you're going to get sick at some point. So stay at home, flush it out, um, drink a ton of water. You might not, it, you might not have a, a very much of an appetite. That's why I like, like maybe having some protein shakes and premier protein. I know when I was like really sick, um, like I had people bring me, I had COVID, uh, back in like 2021 and it was bad. And, uh, I actually had people um, bring me some pro premier protein shakes and that's what I drank constantly because I had no other appetite. So I think prioritizing protein as much as you can, don't make it a goal to hit your protein goal or anything like that. <laughs> right. But like the only focus for my clients is I want you to just flush it out, drink as much water as you can and get rest and recovery. That's it. That's yep. it. Nothing else. I don't care about your steps. I don't care about anything else that that is all I want you to do is just get better.
1: Yeah. And, and obviously from this person, the way they wrote it, it definitely sounds like they are like super sick right now. So um, obviously like you know everything what Chris just said, but I, I also want to add to this and say that if you are somebody who maybe feels like you're running down, running down with something, or you have a little bit of a head cold, I, there's a good rule of thumb that if it's something that is from like your like neck up, like your your throat, your sinuses, your you know headache, congestion, all like up here in your head. Then you can probably push yourself a little bit more than you're probably you know you would if it was you know the other side of this is if it's down below into if it's below the neck, anything in the chest, body aches, chills, you know cough, any respiratory issues there. Like that means like yes, stay home, rest, recover, hydration. But if it is just all in your head, like a headache or, you know, if it is something like a, you know, just a sinus, cold, like you could probably get some movement in still. Now, granted, like probably still want to, don't want to go to the gym just to infect others. But like you could like do something at home possibly. Like, and again, like I also want to, another caveat to this, like, again, like, and I I think we can just kind of say like, it depends, right? Everyone's favorite answer here. Um, But (laughs) it really does depend like, because another caveat is like, let's say it is just a head cold and you're like, oh, well, Chase said that if it's in my head, then I I need to still work out. Like, you don't have to. Like, you're not gonna lose progress. I was actually just telling a client that I had a call with today. She's going on vacation for 10 days in a couple of days. And we were talking about that. And, you know, I, I just along the same lines of like working out or not. I was like, hey, like, if you want to work out, great. If you don't and you miss 10 days without working out, and you just focus on like just being an active human, just walking a lot, like you're still gonna make great progress. Like you're not gonna lose any progress. You're not going to fall behind. You're not gonna lose your gains. You're not gonna like, you know, lose all of your muscle mass. So if you need to take time off when you're sick, like take that time off, like Chris said. Rest, recover, hydration. Another thing I love is electrolytes. Um, really, and another great way to get that in is like Gatorade. Um, like the actual kind with like the the real Gatorade, not the Gatorade Zero, but the um regular. Because then you'll get more calories from that as well. If you're if you're really struggling with getting calories in, then try to push some regular Gatorade. That way you can get the electrolytes in, get a little bit of sugar, some calories in your system there for you. Um, you know, because I also know, like you know, I know Chris you mentioned protein shakes, but I know like I've been sick sometimes when like uh, the thought of a protein shake, ugh, yeah.
2: it's not it's not happening. Um, when so I had, when I had COVID, <laughs> I couldn't taste anything or smell anything, so it didn't matter. I don't even know if it's that. I think it's just like the
1: creaminess. All right. We well, should probably not talk about this. So I'm going to cut this podcast off right now. <laughs> but at the end of the day, give yourself that grace. Be okay. Everyone gets sick. And then also, though, like when you do start getting better, like find some ways to ease back into it. Like don't expect a 180. Like you're going to go right back to hitting 10,000 steps. Five workouts a week, hitting your calories, hitting your protein all in one day. Give yourself that grace, ease back into that routine again. And also like making it easier to get back into the routine will make it easier to get back into it. Like, I know it's saying the same thing, but like basically saying like, don't keep giving yourself the excuse of like, well, I'm still sick. Like, I, I, I get it. Give yourself grace. But at some point you do have to start kind of picking back up that momentum again when you start feeling a little bit better.
2: Yeah, I guess I would go back to my method of even after like a holiday, right? You just start the day off with a win or something like that. You start feeling a little bit better. Guys, all it would take is like a five to 10 minute walk for you to be like, all right, I'm good. Like, I know for myself, even that's all it takes is just going to the gym for a 15, 20 minute workout. And you leave there, you feel that pump, you feel that those endorphins come in, and it's like, all right, I'm going back tomorrow. You just hit that reset button so much quicker than waiting. Like, "Ah, I still feel a little sick. You start justifying it a little bit.
0: Yep.
1: All right. Last question here. We've got time for this last one. So I'm getting in 3,000 steps a day. I know everyone says you should be getting 10,000 steps a day, but why? I
2: don't have time for it, but can I still make progress? Chris? Yeah. Um, y- yes, you can still make progress, but I feel like it also depends on the person. One, if you are approaching your goal, you're very close to your goal, let's just say 5-10 pounds away, It's things start to be a little bit more difficult. Things start to be a little bit slower in terms of fat loss and weight loss. So if you're thinking to yourself like, oh, I'm just going to get 3-4,000 steps this entire time, you're probably going to have to pick this up at some point. Um, movement is – I mean – you guys can burn calories in a number of ways, right? Like you have your basal metabolic rate, um, you have your exercise activity, right? You have uh, your food thermogenesis, right? Like all of these ways, your steps is so crucial. And one of the things that we've seen with our clients, because we're running a huge steps challenge right now, our Santa Steppers out there, and mm-hmm. it it's been Really cool to see the amount of progress we're also seeing in our clients at this same exact time. You mm-hmm. think it's a coincidence? I mean, it, look at it, it's the holiday season, and our clients are crushing it right now. Um, and just a little Santa secret that's why we did this steps challenge, <laughs> like so, giving away all uh, our secrets, man. <laughs> but you're you're you need to get, I think, in my opinion. 6 to 10,000 steps, 7 to 10,000 steps is a really good range for you to fall in. But once again, guys, it depends on where you're starting. If you're starting at 2,000, we're slowly building you up to that. It's not something that we just expect overnight. But in my like, you don't need 10,000. I think 7 to 10,000 is a is a good variety and you might be thinking to yourself like that's so much time. I don't know how quick you can walk a mile. Typically for me, I think it's like around Maybe 13 minutes, maybe. Um, and y- if you think of it this way, a normal stride is 2,000 steps in a mile, is what I-, I looked it up. So, in order to get 8,000 steps, let's just say you need to walk 4,000 miles, 4,000 miles. You need to <laughs> walk-, <laughs> walk around the earth. <laughs> I did go to school at a yeah, I'm going to blame Palmyra Eagle High School for this one. Um, you need to walk four miles. Okay. Now that's not like you intentionally walking for four miles. It does include your cleaning and chasing your kids around and at work and all of these kind of things. But guys, it all adds up over time. So that's, that's my take on it.
1: Yeah. And, and actually there was a new research article that was posted, um, uh, there's a the guy I follow on Instagram. Don't worry, guys. He's not like just another Instagram influencer. He's actually like somebody that looks at these things and breaks it down into like really great information. Um, and it was a research article that showed that now, like they're even recommending around like 8,000 steps today is like the n- new considered like target that most people should shoot for. Like even after like 8,000 steps, like you almost start getting a little bit like diminishing returns on like the efforts as well. Um, Like, don't get me wrong. Like it's still going to be, burning more energy and calories, but, and then again, it's also, like you said, it's context dependent, right? Like we have a client that like, you know, the one you mentioned earlier, that's down 25 pounds in three months, you know, when she first started, she was, she could only walk five minutes a day on the treadmill. That was the absolute most she could do to keep going. And now she's up to what? 30 minutes a day on the treadmill. So it's really important to look at context, look at what you're able to do. And again, like you have to, it, There is still time to there is still time to definitely make time for your your walks and you're getting your steps in. Like again, if it's a priority for you, you're gonna make it happen. You're gonna find the time. Like you have you have to make that time. You have to schedule that time in. Right. Like if if you aren't getting your steps in, like when are you scheduling that time for your steps? And also, like I think it's important too to remember that if you just have a busy life and you're getting eight to 10,000 steps just being busy all the time, yes, you will still burn calories that way, but your body is also very smart. It adapts and will get used to just being a busy human. And after a while, maybe you burned, you know, these are completely random numbers here, so please don't take any of this to heart here. let's. Just, I'm just using the examples here. If you're burning like 300 calories by walking all throughout your day, being just a really busy mom, Well, after a while, you know, two, three, four years of doing that, maybe you're burning like a hundred calories, right? Like it's, it's going to drop off as your body gets more comfortable with just being a busy human. And there was another, um, study that I saw that was really cool about, and actually, um, actually wasn't a study I saw. It was actually on a podcast, um, Jordan sides podcast, um, that he talked about that running versus walking. Even like a lot of people think, well, I, 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 I'm not a runner. I don't want to run. Um, you know, I, I don't have the endurance to, uh, you know, maybe it's not comfortable running. And there's actually studies that shown, like if you compare distance, for example, like running a mile versus walking a mile, running burns very few more calories, like very, like maybe 50, 60 calories more than somebody who is walking a mile. And so again, like you're, all it's doing is it's working muscles a little bit more. So you're burning a little more calories that way, but just go show you that you can still walk and make just as great progress. So like when it, somebody says like, you know, what I need to do for cardio, like elliptical or going for runs or biking, like you can do that stuff, but you can also just go for a walk. Like don't overcomplicate it, get your steps in, set a step goal for yourself. That is challenging enough more. And I, I would encourage you to look at your step goal. Like If you don't take any, if you're not intentional about your steps at all, find that baseline, then go up a little bit. So it does make you be a little bit more intentional about getting those steps in.
2: Yeah. I I think you hit it right on the head. Like that's when clients come to us and it's like, Oh, I'm ready for my workouts. And it's like, Hey, we haven't been consistent with your steps yet. Even like, let's focus on that Mm -hmm. first, right? We are building upon that foundation. And I think, you have to prioritize, especially if you work work a sedentary job. It, you know, I get it. There's a lot of people working from home now, um, and the most walking they get is 50, ten steps to their bathroom. And it's like they leave their they leave the day after four thirty, and they're like, "I have two hundred steps." So, what I found too, if this is you, is that most companies will never know if you're away from your desk for five or 10 minutes, every 90 minutes. And it, I've done this with tons of clients. So I know this, um, <laughs> they just walk out their driveway five minutes or walk out of their house five minutes and five minutes back, get on their computer. And it honestly, what I've, the like, what I've found is that they feel better. They, their work performance mm-hmm. actually improves. Cause it's like, they got outside, they got fresh air. Um, and it took a little bit of a break. They come back. So, or you can do some squats by your computer. You can do something to burn those extra calories as well. So there's, out, there's, there's always room to do something. You guys just have to find what's going to work for you. And then if that is you and it's like 200 steps, you're going to have to start being a little bit intentional. You're going to have to go on that walk immediately after work. You're going to feel better. I've never had a client say like, I absolutely hate walking. I feel like terrible afterwards. You just don't hear that because everyone feels amazing. They step away from what they're doing. They they're in fresh air, maybe the sunshine. If you live in Michigan, probably not. But I think like your mental health, even people are just like, oh, I just feel so much better when I get to go come back from my walk. Um, So get out there, get your steps in and make that a priority.
1: Yep, absolutely.
2: Awesome, guys. Well, that
1: wraps up all of our questions for today. We're going to leave you guys on that one. And if you have questions, we know you guys do. Um, And I know there's probably, I'm curious to how many of you all are listening to this right now. And you're like, I have this question for them, but it sounds so silly. It sounds stupid. Like, trust me, there's someone else wondering the exact same thing. So drop it down in the link down below or just shoot Chris a message, me a message, and we will get it answered on the show for you. We want to answer your questions. This is for you guys. So if you want to get more out of it, because who knows, we may have read off all these questions today and you will be like, yeah, none of this really helped me that much. Cool. What will let us know, give us your questions and we will help you guys out as much as we can throughout this podcast. But other than that guys, we'll catch you on the next episode of the Coach's Roundtable. See you guys.
0: Once again, thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the and Health podcast. I greatly appreciate you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, you can help me by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This really helps me become more visible to others. Also, share this episode with friends or family and take a screenshot of the episode and upload it to your stories. Be sure to tag me and my guests so we can be sure to say thank you. If you ever have any questions or feedback about something covered on the show, you're always welcome to send me a message. You can find me on Instagram at changing underscore chase. Have a great day, guys. And remember, you matter.